I, Greg Perry, the historic preservationist. Um, we all need to, uh, in historic preservation, need to uh, strip woodwork and put new finish on, finishes on, whether they be paint or clear finishes. So, um, so we're gonna tonight's episode two two twenty eight is gonna be after you strip and what to do before you start finishing. So. So yeah, I think you've all read articles about stripping paint. You've read articles about refinishing wood. But um, has anyone ever told you what you should be doing in between? To say the uh, the newel post, you know, that's been heat stripped uh, of several paint layers. What do you do with it? The same newel post is now ready to be refinished. How did it get that way? So these are questions that you may want to ask yourself. Are there any intermediate steps that we must be doing in between? So the first thing we need to do is a chemical cleanup after we're stripping with these uh, harsh chemicals. So after heat stripping, remove the original clear finish with a chemical stripper. Use a high quality methylene chloride based stripper. The kind with cellulose, not wax, filler. Zip strip, Bix, Tough Job, and Strippies are typical brand names. But unfortunately in the last seven, eight months, um, some of these offerings by these manufacturers have been banned by the government, so uh, you need to check and see what's available at your local hardware store. So lay the chemical on, on thick and allow it to work for 20 to 30 minutes. While the chemical is working, use a dental pick, awl, or similar tool to dig into the corners and remove the paint you were unable to reach while heat stripping. For close poured woods like cherry, maple, or walnut, wipe up excess remover with paper towels. Follow with a solvent rinse. For wide poured species like oak or ash, you'll also need a nylon brush to to lift the remaining remover and varnish from the grain. If there's still a lot of residue, apply more stripper and gently brush with a brass, not steel brush. You're going to cause more scratches that way. So brush with the grain only. Wipe the wood down again with more towels. A film will remain, leaving the surface tacky. Let the piece dry for an hour or so and give the wood a final brushing with a clean brass brush. This removes the film, producing crumbs of dried stripper. Rinse the wood with mineral spirits. Wait for the wood to dry. Test it occasionally with a piece of fine sandpaper. If the paper gums up or gets clogged, the wood is still wet. When the paper produces fine sawdust, the wood is ready to refinish. Almost ready. Look at a half piece under a bright light. What do you see? Half strip paint in the corners, a hazy film in the pores, loose joints, raised grains, splits. These are the conditions to correct before refinishing architectural millwork. Regardless of how careful you stripped, paint will remain in corners, joints, and open pores. Be fussy as you groom the wood for refinishing. Even the slightest fleck of paint will come back to haunt you. Perhaps no one else will notice it, but it will catch your eye each time you pass by. See, we need to be picky, picky, and more picky. So return to corners with a heat gun and dental pick. Because the remaining paint has been weakened by your stripping, 
A little heat is needed to break the bond and lift it off the wood. Don't bother digging all the old paint out of the open joints. You'll be refilling them with wood filler anyway. But make sure paint doesn't stick out of the joint above the surface of the wood. Wipe the wood down with mineral spirits and fine bronze wool. Threads of steel wool get caught in splinters and may cause rust stains under the new finish. Mineral spirits removes surface dirt and residual stripping goo. It also highlights areas where paint residue remains in the wood. Judicious use of good paint scraper of a paint scraper will remove the last bit of residue from hard to reach corners. Cabinet scrapers and hand scrapers are invaluable uh, tools also. So properly sharpened, they remove a super thin shaving of wood. <clears throat> so use them on flat areas and corners to shave off the hazy or discolored wood. Molding scrapers are interchangeable heads of varying profiles that also work well. They conform to virtually every molding profile and minimize the risk of sanding off very arduous edges. Sand the piece lightly with fine 220 or finer sandpaper. To avoid blistering your hands, use a sanding block on broad, flat areas. Don't use a sanding block on moldings, though. You'll have a tendency to over-sand them and you'll round off corners. Finally, give the wood one more solvent rinse. Wipe the wood down with paper towels moistened with mineral spirits. This will remove sawdust and other dirt from the surface. It will also give you a good idea of how the wood will look with a new finish on it. Now that all the paint is off and the surface is clean, smooth, and dry, you're ready to fill and finish the piece, or are you? So removing marks. So perhaps you followed all of the above steps and tips and still feel the wood isn't ready to refinish. Burn marks, water stains, and other imperfections remain. It's time to make a decision. How offensive are these blemishes? Shut off the bright lights you've been working under and live with the wood for a couple of days. Do you think the discolorations and dents will really be that notable other than the wood is when the wood is refinished? Or will they just add to the patina? So you have to make that decision. One or two spots may require more work. Minor nicks and discolorations are not a big deal, but major staining and burning will be unsightly when the wood is refinished. You won't be able to remove all evidence of a burn or water stains, but there'll be ways to minimize the impact. So let's talk about water stains. So dark areas in the wood are most often caused by standing water. Rings on windowsills from household plants are quite common. These can be faded by bleaching the area or hidden by blending the stain into the rest of the wood through selective staining. Brush full-strength Clorox on the darkened areas and allow it to work for two minutes. Rinse with a damp terry cloth until all the bleach is removed. If the bleach changed the color too much, use a stain to blend the area into the surrounding woodwork. Bleaching will raise the grain, requiring additional sanding, so don't forget to do this. As always, Test this method in an inconspicuous location first. If the stain is extremely localized, blend it onto the sur surrounding woodwork with an oil stain. Use progressively lighter shades of the stain by thinning it around the dark spot. 
The idea is to feather out the discoloration so it doesn't have such a harsh visual impact to anyone involved. Let's talk about burns. So burns are, are more difficult to remove. If the burn caused an indentation, as with a cigarette burn, scrape away the charred wood and fill the low spot with tinted wood filler. If it's a large burn, possibly caused by a negligent heat plate or welder or something like that, sanding the mark out is your only option. One caution, burns go pretty deep. It's tough to remove them completely. This is really important if the burn is in a thin veneer. Removing it completely requires sanding away all the veneer. Again, don't try to completely obliterate the mark. Rather, soften its effect so it's not the first thing to catch your eye. Let's talk about carpentry repairs. Paint buildup fills in the joints between adjacent pieces of wood. Instead of resecuring woodwork that separated, previous owners probably caulked open joints and repainted. By the time someone, you, finally gets around to stripping the wood, the pieces are about to fall away from each other. So resecuring trim is no big deal. The only tough part is getting all the debris from in and out of the pieces. Dental picks, stiff taping knives, and sharp chisels help, but patient is the most important tool here. Of course, you could completely remove the trim, clean it, and reinstall the pieces, but in many cases, that requires more work than digging out the paint buildup that's clogging your joint. <clears throat> Use a putty knife or flat pry bar to open the joint a little wider. Rake a stiff taping knife up and down the joint to remove debris, such as plaster, crumbs, chunks <clears throat> of paint, etc. Be thorough. If you simply nail the trim back in place without removing all the debris, the joint won't close completely, and the wood may split. Run a sharp chisel along the joint to remove build-up paint. Set the existing nails between beneath the surface with a nail set. Drill pilot holes and drive new finished nails wherever the two pieces aren't making solid contact. Glue together and clamp splintered or broken pieces of wood. Wipe off excess glue immediately with a damp cloth. The slightest film of glue will create a light spot when the wood is finished. Let's talk about filling the holes. Nail holes, dents, and slight gaps that remain between adjacent pieces must be filled. <clears throat> the easiest way to fill nail holes is with wax filler sticks. These crown-like fillers come in a variety of colors, closely approximating the shade of many wood species but don't use them on bare wood because the wax will leave a smear. <clears throat> Apply at least one coat of finish first and then rub the stick back and forth across the hole until it is filled and smooth. Wipe off excess surrounding residue with a rag. You can also just get a, a, a good set of 100 Crayola crowns and do the same thing. You'll have all the colors you'll ever need. So if an exact color match is important, you're more likely to achieve it by tinning your own wood filler with universal tints. Take a little dab of filler and mix it with the appropriate tint. Add color as necessary until you arrive at the color you need. <clears throat> There's no scientific formula here, just trial and error. When you get the right color, 
Roll the filler into a little ball between your thumb and your forefinger, press it into the hole, and wipe off the excess. Don't use plastic wood or similar products to fill small holes on interior wood. These fillers come out lumpy, uneven, or very difficult to sand, and sometimes when you're power sanding them, you tend to divot around where the, the lump of these fillers are, and that's not a good thing. So, so filling the pores. So if the wood has an especially open, uneven grain, fill the pores with a paste filler. Like Balin's Pour-A-Pack is the one brand name that stands out. Otherwise, the wood will absorb the finish at different rates, leaving a rough, uneven surface. Fillers do change the color of the wood slightly, so test it first in an inconspicuous area. Mix the tinted filler to the consistency of cream and brush it into the bare wood pores. Burnish off the excess by forcefully, forcefully rubbing across the grain with a cork block. Sand smooth with 220 grit or finer abrasive paper. Allow the filler to dry for at least 48 hours before finishing. So lastly, we're going to talk about cosmetic touch-ups. Chemical stripper not only removes varnish from the wood, but also removes pigment from the wood filler that's filled the original nail holes and joints. These areas will stand out from the rest of the woodwork then. So now comes the fun part. Mix some oil-based paints until you've come close enough as possible <clears throat> to matching the color of the wood. If you can't match the color exactly, mix a color that's slightly darker than the color of the wood. Dark spots will look like natural imperfections, whereas light spots will look like leftover paint. After applying at least one coat of finish, touch up the imperfections with an artist's brush. Be careful not to overlap the paint onto the surrounding wood. If the prospect of painting many little nail holes seems daunting, tap the old filler out with each hole with a nail set, and then just go ahead and go around and refill each hole with tinted filler. Some areas may have, be, have been bleached out more than others during the stripping process where you overlap the stripper, for example. So blend these areas back in first with a quick application of thin down stain. The first time go around and go with an application lighter than you think necessary. It's gentler and easier to apply some more stain than to bleach the area and start over. So regardless of your finishing system, the wood must be completely free of dust, dirt, and grit. Give the wood a final wipe with a tack rag. You can buy ready-made tack rags at paint stores, or you can make your own. Shake a few drops of varnish onto a soft cheesecloth or linen. Work the varnish into the cloth thoroughly. Add a few drops of varnish now, and then and, and just keep it spruced up. So now you're truly ready to refinish the wood, but you've already read about all that. So you've, you've listened to this, this, uh, this episode, and... Uh, probably to nauseam. So if in the beginning you think that you were going to just strip and and, and add some film finish, uh, be aware. So the best jobs have a lot of legwork in between. So good luck to everyone out there. Greg Perry, the Historic Preservationist, signing out. Thanks for listening.